Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Lady Chow Fung and Adam, and Kenny is out sick, so we're wishing him well. But we are going to be talking about Brave Archer 2, a 1978 film directed by Cheng Che. This is the story of the heroic couple Guo Jing and Huang Rong, and it's the second in an epic three-part adaptation of Jin Yong's classic Legend of Condor Heroes. So um, uh, I guess before we get into the individual scenes, just to... Did you guys have uh, general thoughts on whether you like this one? What what you thought of it uh, compared with the other ones? I like this one, but it's not my favorite of the first three. The third one's my favorite, but I like this one. Yeah, I liked it. It took me a little while to get into this one. I was kind of a little confused in the early part of the movie. Like I, I did, but I. Around the time we get to the scene of, you know, the part where they're kind of watching everything through a little hole and, you know, that, that that's where I started to really get get truly pulled into this movie. Okay. And so, then I just enjoyed it all the way through. Well, that's a good, I think we can, we can sort of talk a little bit about that opening sequence, which I think the, you're talking about sort of when they had the narration and they kind of were cutting from thing to thing and, uh, oh. I was I guess it wasn't so much the narration that I had a problem with or anything. It was more just the part past that I, I kind of I, I didn't feel as connected to what was going on. It's like they're running around looking mm. for a manual and whatever and I, I just I, I was wasn't I don't know, I wasn't that invested in so, the uh So in, around in the, the Jin Lu yeah. in section is when your sort of brain was like, Okay, I can wrap my head around this stuff. But the Yeah well, I, yeah, I would have wrapped my head around it. And I just, I just got emotionally interested in what was going into. That was when I, I really like committed into the movie, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm back in again. I mean, probably if I watched it a second time, I'd be in it through the whole movie. But uh, well, and it covers I, a lot uh, of ground. There's a lot going on. And, yeah, you know, exactly. And so, like, 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 you know, just get right into it. Like the first, you know, there's that whole narration thing where they talk about the aftermath of the, um, of the contest they had. And yeah. one little detail that gets added here is Jubatong shows up and, you know, blasts apart the, the Nine Yin manual and then reveals that he taught uh, uh, Guo Jing to, uh, to recite the manual. And Huang Yaoshi kicks him off the island because he thinks he's lying and he's upset. And yeah, well, it's, it's a weird thing to kind of have thrown into the into the montage thing for a big event. But, it, uh, yeah, if you felt you felt thrust into it and it was sort of like. Uh, I know what you mean. Um, it made me wonder. I thought, wait, did I watch the whole movie? Did I turn it off before it was over? Was that like the, you know, I was just, <laughs> I, I was, it, that was like part of my problem too. But, uh, but yeah, it, I, I, yeah, I liked the movie on the whole though. It was, it was very enjoyable. And, and of course you have to get used to the new, new Huang Rong too. That was another, that, that was another a, adjust. Another big change. Um, but what ends up happening is Zhu Batong, uh, Hong Qigong, and, uh, and Guo Jing end up uh, on a boat. Uh, basically, they crash on an island and they're chased by Ouyang Feng, uh, who also has Huang Rong on his boat, I believe, because she tried to go after them and her boat crashed also. So there's yeah. a lot of boat crashes. Right. And, <laughs> a lot uh, of boat crashes. And, and Uy- it was and U- a big storm. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, and, uh, and so, and then she... Uh, the Ouyang Feng basically he realizes that because Guo Jing has memorized this manual, he can get him to write it down for him. And so he's trying to he forces Guo Jing onto his boat and and makes him memor uh, write down the manual. 
but Hong Chi Gong tells him just change it when you're writing it. Make you know make a change here or there, not too much, but just enough that it's not usable. And uh, and so that happens. And then once he's done, U Young Fung is like, well, now I'm done with you, so I'm gonna you know I can just, I might as well kill you. And there's a big fight, but the fight sort of uh, sort of dies down and Uyung Fung says to Hong Chi Gong, look, let's meet up at another time and we'll arrange to fight. It's too inconvenient to fight right now. And then Hong Chi Gong agrees and as he's walking away, Uyung Fung palms him in the back and he and he uh, he he's crippled by the attack and there's a, uh, you know, a, you know, more fighting and the end result is Uyung K's legs get crushed when Guo Jing pushes a big giant boulder off of a off of a small cliff onto him and uh and so that's pretty much the gist of this sequence of the film um there's a couple of things i wanted to talk about with it but well obviously adam you found this a little bit confusing um uh and i think i think it makes sense that you would because it's sort of it's on the cusp of this this rapid narration and then you're just sort of like wait where are we we're on an island all of a sudden so um, yeah and another thing to bring up too is you know the narrator is going very fast and that means the subtitles are going very fast too yeah. it was just like flash 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 i i usually have no issue with subtitles but these were these were some speedy subtitles sometimes they're like a machine gun you know like they yeah. just kind of they just kind of come out at you like that. Um, there was one point later in the movie where the, I, I believe the subtitle was literally up there for about like less than a second. It just went like blink. <laughs> like my favorite is when the rhythm's message. off, when you get one that lingers and then one that flashes by. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, so some of my thoughts on this were number one, you did get you get that moment where Hong Shi Gong and Uyung uh, Fung sort of square off and they're they're doing their palms against each other and you get like this glimpse of these two masters that are just mm-hmm. like the, they're, they're 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 two of the five greats and you just get to see sort of how how uh you know how enormous their power is in that that sort of brief moment before young Fung tricks him um yeah and then when he does trick him this is something in in uh in uh Jin Yong novels especially he makes a point of emphasizing this that when a character says okay i'm gonna fight you on x and x a day so let's stop fighting now that's like a thing that's supposed to be honored like that's a really important thing and so young fung just totally ignores <laughs> that and 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 back basically back palms him i guess he yeah uh, it's just a you know real sneaky move um so i know yeah. that, a, a, any other thoughts on this sequence um I thought that the um, giving the fake manual, making him change words um, every now and then, just enough so that it looks real, but he's not not going to realize that it's not. I thought that was an ingenious idea because you know he's going to study the manual and there are going to be consequences later on that we don't get to see in this movie. Mm-hmm. But you can't wait for that to happen because you know it's going to come. But I think it was just brilliant. And I'm surprised it didn't come from um, Huang Rong because yeah. <laughs> she's the clever one of the group and you would expect her to do something deceitful like that and not from uh, the beggar clan leader. So I thought that was um, pretty cool. 
I'm I, did, to... I did like the fact that she enjoyed the idea so much when he when he whispered it to Fong Rong. She was just like dying laughing. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, it's great. I honestly uh, can't remember how it pans out in the next movie for some reason, but I know in the story the um, uh, when he does learn the manual the wrong way, Huang Rong is the one who does that. Um, uh, hmm. But there's also this. Uh, there is also the boat sequence, so I'm I'm a little unclear on. Uh, but I just can't remember in the next movie how it. How it, it doesn't happens. happen in the third one. It happens in Brave Archer and his mate is when it shows up that he's learned the manual wrong. Oh, okay. All right. Um, well, yeah, that was yeah, a spoiler is... alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so yeah, let me let me just say that there will be spoilers this episode. Uh, and, and obviously, Adam, for you, there might be some spoilers for your uh, Return of Condor yeah. Heroes stuff. Um, the, but the fact that the manual thing comes back later in the story isn't a huge spoiler for me. So I, I kind of figured something would... I'd be, I'd be disappointed if it was never brought up again, let's say that. But uh, but then the, the next sequence, which is really short, really, uh, is um, basically Yang Kong... Uh, having a, an interaction with um uh with the Jin prince uh and uh who you know who is sort of he's up until very recently regarded as his father and and this is sort of the first of of many instances where where yang kong is sort of uh really leaning more towards uh his 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 Jin lineage than his uh his Han lineage and, and the father basically says, or the, the prince says, you know, I regard you as my son and uh, we will exterminate the, the song in the, in the next 10 years and the kingdom will be passed to you. And, and Yang Kong seems to be on board with this program. Um, uh, but then the, you know, after that we get to the sequence at the temple where uh, Gua Jing and Huang Rong take uh, Hong Chi Gong, who's been poisoned by the palm into an old temple to recover and it's there that uh, that um, uh, Rong sends out Guo Jing to go look for Zhu Batong so that they can deal with Uyung Fung in case he returns. And uh, uh, at this point, uh, uh, Hong Qigong, realizing that he's uh, badly, badly injured, passes his dog-beating stick technique to, uh, to Huang Rong so that she can become the 19th chief of the beggar clan. Um, and then they they leave to to sort of join up with uh, with Goa Jing again. Um, but I thought, you know, it's an important moment in the story, and uh, I did I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that one before we move to the next next set of things. But it's a, another point I think that you left out from that part is that um, there's a meeting at the inn also going on that um, Hong Rong um, kind of happens upon by accident and think it's um Oye Fang and his nephew oh yeah are no, there was, that's and... what I was about to get into actually okay uh, I separate but yeah why don't you talk about that one because that's a um that's the next step oh well they're at the inn and um Oye Kang and um Fung and K are there and the Jin prince he comes and they're all talking about getting this um this manual but uh really uh oh yang 
Feng is not very interested in the manual due to that it's not a kung fu manual, really. It's more of an art of war type of manual where they can use it to extinguish the the song. And then um, Wang Rong finds out and um, while they're there, she's taught the dog beating stick technique. She's using chopsticks and um, her master is using his stick to help her. It's it's a good scene. I like the techniques and they're having fun with it. The, the way he's teaching her with the chopstick to do the chopsticks. Yeah. Yes. That was a cool scene. I, I thought agree. that was, yeah, it was, yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to train someone with chopsticks instead of, you know, <laughs> that's what they had handy. So that's what you use. But it was a good way in a small space to teach her what she needed to know so that when she got to the beggars clan meeting that, she could prove who she really was. And the other thing I like about this scene is this is kind of one of those moments in the film where like every character kind of shows up exactly where they need to be for the story to work. <laughs> like uh, Ouyang Fung and Ouyang Kung happen to be staying at the inn because Ouyang Ke is injured and his uncle is, is helping him recover. The Jin Prince and his retinue happen to arrive at the inn and Huang Rong and Hong Chi Gung happen to be uh, in another room. And so it's a... Uh, it, it's a and they're next door yeah. because she um, licks her finger and pokes a hole in the paper so that she can keep an eye on them. They're right next door. It's just like how convenient is that? But it's one of these things too, where like you worry just to not worry about. Like it it it, it actually works out really well for the the story purposes, even though it's like a it's 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 a little bit overly convenient. I. I, I kind of like that they don't sweat that too much. They don't they don't come up with any elaborate reason for them to to have to all be there at the same time. It just kind of happens, um, and uh, and that's the Fulai in scene. And then after uh, 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 Huang Rong and Hong Chi Gong uh, head out, they they connect again with Guo Jing and Zhu Batong, and they find this dilapidated inn. And in the inn, they, they meet a woman named uh, Shagu, who is, uh, I think in the translation, she's called Dumb Lass, is, is, the, uh, is the sub they use for her, who's, uh, whose mother is dead. And she's kind of a crazy character. And I believe that this is supposed to be uh, an inn in the hometown of the parents of Yang Kong and Guo Jing. Um, and so they go to the kitchen to make some food. By the way, I thought that this... This kitchen was really great, like, exam, like, you know, I, they really sort of show you how, all the contents of the kitchen. And just as a gamer, I was like, ooh, that's very useful, <laughs> very useful reference uh, that I'm going to that I'm going to hold on to for later. Uh, but they go to the kitchen to cook and they find a bowl that's stuck to like the shelf. And when they try to move the bowl, it opens a secret passage. And inside the passage, they find the skeletons of two men one of them was a disciple of Huang Yaoshi and was killed by an official who chased him for stealing uh, things from the palace. And, and, so, and he was one of the disciples that Huang Yaoshi crippled in his rage many years ago. Um, and so it seems that the bodies have been here for 10 years. And uh, you know the, 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 the scene sort of transitions when they start eating and Hong Qigong decides that He's uh, he's not happy with the with the, the the food that's laid out, and he needs better ingredients. So they're just gonna go to the palace and uh, and steal from the pantry at the palace. Um, so uh, 
I don't know. Is there anything anybody wants to talk about with the the Jin Luingin scene before we get to the palace scene? Or question: um, Is he the skeleton was that was found? Is he the brother, the real brother of? Uh, the in the first movie, remember there was the other crippled cook that they went to go visit, and um, uh, I can't remember. And the seven weird uh, show up there, and everybody basically congregates in the one spot at uh, the crippled cook's house. Weren't there um, four disciples? I forget how many disciples oh. he had, but they're both disciples of the same master. Um, so the guy on the ground, I think, is Chu Ling Fung, the, the skeleton. He's also mm -hmm. the father of Shagu. Um, right. And I don't know if, I don't know if, he, who's, if he was somebody's blood brother or not, but, but he was definitely um, uh, the... You're thinking of Lu Cheng Fung, right? The, uh, the, the master of the manor. Uh, Guiyun Manor from the the last episode. First movie, yes. Um, they're 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 both disciples of Huang Yaoshi. Okay. Um, and uh, and so and and the whole point of that uh, that they were talking about there is that the reason he died in that instant was because, or, or not the reason, but the thing that didn't allow him to survive was the fact that he was crippled by Huang crippled. Yaoshi, and Huang Yaoshi kind of feels some remorse when he finds out what happened there. Because um, he was supposed to be the best disciple of the four, right? Yeah, and he was stealing that stuff to impress Huang Yaoshi. It was like he he stole like a bunch of paintings and stuff from the palace. Because Huang Yaoshi's like this, you know, this this guy who's really into poetry and music and 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 and, and refined arts. Um, so, but the next scene I, I really like because they go to the they go to the palace to steal ingredients from the pantry, and uh, and Zhu Batong is like, "Where's the delicacies?" and and Huang Rong is like, well, we'll have to wait. And when the when the chef shows up, you know, we'll just grab him and we'll make him tell us where the where the delicacies are. And this is also as Prince uh, 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 Wan Yan and, and his retinue are are arriving at the palace to get that manual of of, of General Yufei. So it's this it's this very sort of again another sort of convenient meeting. And 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 they only. They only find out because Huang Rong and Guo Jing are like, oh, weren't they supposed to be looking for that manual? We might as well, uh, 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 you know, go look around and see if they're here. And, and sure enough, uh, the, you know, the manual is behind a waterfall uh, and near a pavilion. And uh, there's a big battle. And Ouyang Fung sort of steps in because he's now sort of operating with uh, with the Jin Prince and 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 none of the other men are able to deal with Guo Jing. Uh, but Yang Kang, while Wu Yang Feng and Guo Jing are fighting, uh, runs up behind Guo Jing and stabs him and, uh, and, and leaves him to die. And, uh, and Huang Rong, you know, finds him wounded and she takes him back to the inn where they, where they recover. Um, but I don't know if I missed anything in that because there was kind of a lot that happened in that scene, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun scene, and I like that. Sort of, they're so powerful; they just think nothing of just walking into the to the palace to steal ingredients for their meal. That was, uh, um, you know, just something about uh, the setting of Wuxia, where characters are, are 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 at that level of 
of of of physical power that they they're not even afraid of uh, like even like when the guards show up the the prince and his men just kind of look at them and walk away you know it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're just insignificant um so i don't know do you guys have any thoughts of that scene uh yeah i mean this this was about where i started to get more kind of grounded in the movie i mean it it's it, you know there was more you know up to this point it almost felt a little muddled to me i was i hadn't quite got my bearings yet i mean i it's as much me and trying to follow things as much as the movie but uh for the like i'd say actually this is where i really started to get involved and uh and uh but yeah it, it, it's it's it was a good sequence like you say it is really entertaining how just ridiculous going to the imperial kitchen is and uh yeah no it really it was i don't know that was a very funny scene and uh um and then when they get back to the inn they go back to that little chamber and gua jing you know says that he can be cured uh if you know with a method from the nine yin manual and uh, except there's all these things, there's all these rules. And so they have to press their palms together, but they can't mm-hmm. move and they can't talk to anybody else for seven days. And so they got to stay in that little chamber and all these, and I don't want to go over every little thing that happens, but all these things start happening the moment they sit down to do that and, and test their ability to remain, uh, you know, sort of locked in that position, healing, gorging, um, you know, until, uh, uh until, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's healed. So, uh, yeah. I'm, oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? So, yeah. I so said that, that this is where I really, this, the, the whole, the whole little thing of them having to hide there and keep that thing while just so many, so many crazy things were going on outside. Just that was where I started to really thoroughly enjoy the movie. Just the whole kind of the whole concept there just really entertained me. Yeah. It was just event after event. First you have <laughs> these two, people that come in and you're not exactly sure if they even like each other because they're standing so far apart. They're not even talking to each other. They're talking to some statue in the wall. Um, then, you know, Yang Kang and he comes in and well, he comes in after, um, his fiance Mew, um, Nancy comes in and, you know, um, Oyan K is trying to take off cl- the women's clothes. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. But there are so many things that, that are going on. You're wondering how can they possibly keep their hands, <laughs> especially um, Guo, because he's such a kind-hearted guy that he wants to right every wrong yeah. and stop a wrong before it happens. So you know he must be getting anxious to the point that you know they're not going to stay with their palms together the whole entire seven days after all these things have gone on outside. No, and that's the, I mean, and, and, and Huang Rong is really what holds him back because many moments he, like, if there's one scene where, where Yang Kong is about to kill Wan Yan and, and ends up instead putting his gown on, or his cape, like, on top of him to keep him warm. So it, it's sort of the moment where Yang Kong, like, makes the final decision. Like, yeah, I'm going to go for riches and, and power. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, there's the couple and the, and the, the guy is the son of Lu Chung Fung, who's the one, the, the person we were just talking about. And the girl, I think she's a disciple of, uh, of one of the Chuan, Chuan Zen Taoists. Um, 
but I'm not, I don't quite remember. Um, but, but basically he comes in and he reveals that he has been ordered by, uh, by the master of Peach Blossom Island, Wang Yaoshi, to track down Guo Jing and if failing that, find the remaining seven freaks and kill them. Um, and so, you know, so we know that Huang Yaoshi is still hunting after uh, uh, Guo Jing over this manual business. Um, and uh, and then when Uyung Ke shows up, he does that whole thing where he torments the woman uh, uh, that's with uh, uh, Lu Guanying, the son of Lu Cheng Feng, and and he and he ends up also doing it to Moon Yanchi, uh, so that he can lure out. Huang Rong and Guo Jing from from their hiding space. He's trying to he's trying to get them to come out, and they're not taking the bait. But then when Yang Kang shows up, uh, he sort of kills two birds with one stone. Number one, Moon Yanxi is 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 his his fiance. But number two, Uyun Ka is in his way. You know he he wants to become the mass the the disciple of Uyun Feng, and he realizes well he can just use this opportunity to to kill Uyun Feng and both of those problems will be resolved. So, uh, and he succeeds. He, he, and he does it in a very sneaky way. He sits him down to, to have a cup of wine together. He's like, well, okay, yeah, you know, taking off the clothes, that's great, but let's have some wine if we're going to do this. And he doesn't let on at all what he's planning, and then he stabs him under the table, and Uyunka dies. And so it's a, um, it's a really important part of the story. Uh, and... Uh, I don't know. What'd you think of him taking out Young Ko like that? Was that? Uh... It was. It was an interesting case of doing so, of him getting to do the really underhanded thing he wanted to do and doing it in a way that oh, I'm a good guy. Look at me. I took him out and saved you. I mean, that was that was that was pretty remarkable there. Yeah, and of course we see what? later in the movie he is not in any way become a more heroic figure after that. That was. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was that was very very well done. But I was surprised that he actually um, revealed in the conversation that he had with Mu um, afterwards that part of the reason was that he w- wanted to be taught by um, Ouyang Feng. I thought he would have kept that part to himself. Yeah, yeah, it would have been more I sneaky. Know. That was like he, a slip. <laughs> he did kind of smooth it over, though. He did, did kind of say, well, I, you know, like I'm honoring my agreement over the duel to marry you, right? So you know I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, it was, uh, I mean, he's definitely, you know, uh, you know, not improving uh, as time goes on in terms of uh, his, his moral character, we'll say. Um but then even more stuff continues to happen at this end. So, you know, so we get we we have this big thing where Uyung Ke dies and all this stuff. Um, but things continue to happen around them. Um, the the Chuanzhen Taoists show up and, you know, they, they, they've heard about Mei Chao Feng's grudge and they're concerned about, you know, all these events going on. If there's a big fight, they want to be there. And uh, Mei Chao Feng herself arrives and chasing one of the Taoists and fights them when they're doing their North Star formation. And then uh, Yaoshi arrives and he uh, he just chucks Mei Chao Feng out of the fray and starts taking on the Taoists themselves at the urging of Uyung Feng, who's also there. And uh, and uh, <laughs> and and Uyung Feng kills one of the Chuanzhen Taoists. And then as um, and it looks like he's about to attack 
Yaoshi himself and Mei Chao Fung steps in and, and he ends up uh, giving her a fatal blow and then just kind of takes off. And uh, uh, Mei Chao Fung, uh, right before she dies, she's accepted back as a student by uh, Huang Yaoshi. He's kind of making amends with all of the disciples that he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's crippled. Um, and he's also, it's interesting, his character is kind of making these amends and he's also sort of realizing, oh, this, this Ouyang Fung's a really bad guy, like people say. Um, and, uh, you know, and, you know, my favorite character, Mei Chao Fung, dies, uh, and, uh, and then the, uh, but then the seven freaks show up, or the remaining seven freaks show up, and they start fighting with, uh, Huang Yaoshi, and, uh, it, and then, you know, finally, uh, uh, Jing can't handle it anymore, and he, and he bursts out, and, uh, and, uh, when, when Huang Yaoshi sees his daughter, he's, he's so happy, he decides to stop fighting, and, uh, and, and he heals, uh, Guajing, and then takes uh, Shagu as his disciple when he learns about all the, the stuff in the hidden chamber, and uh, and he you know takes a look at the poems and uh, and there's a there's a poem in there by uh, uh, Yu Fei, but he seems to suggest that it was fraudulent. I'm not a hundred percent sure on what he was trying to say there. Um, but uh, uh, oh, and then Uyung Fung returns asking what happened to his uh, his nephew. And there's a further exchange of palms, and then Uyung Fung departs. And uh, uh, yeah, so what do you guys think of this scene? I know I glossed over a lot because there were like literally, I think like <laughs> over 40, 40 notable things happen in this scene. Um, yeah. No, yeah, that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That scene was just very, very, very busy. <laughs> with everything that was going on and trying to keep track of of everybody and it just goes to show one little misunderstanding just blows up in all their faces and creates more of a problem than it really should yeah we we were just talking about that in uh in the other podcast on return of condor heroes where so much of it is like a communication breakdown like just like a little you know mistake in communication or miss cross signals and and you have these grudges and these you know the these people you know going off and killing themselves or whatever it's just sort of uh uh could all be resolved if people were just a little bit more clear um but uh but yeah i know it's it's a it's a really i i mean i really like this sequence because it's it's kind of like the it feels like the center of the movie and, mm-hmm. just, and and they managed to get so much drama in this one location just by having all the characters kind of come and go as they need to. Um, so in a lot of ways, it kind of makes it feel a little bit like a play as a result, because it's really about the drama between yeah. whatever mix right. of characters happen to be on the scene at that moment. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it, it is the center of the movie. I mean, we've still got the gathering of the beggar sect, but I mean, that was more of just kind of you know, getting some closure. You kind of knew how it was going to happen. The stuff, the stuff that was happening here at the end, it was, there's all the stuff you have, you have, you know, there's so many different ways things can go. It was just a lot more chaotic. And, uh, uh yeah, I, I, I mean, I liked gathering the better, uh, the gathering of the beggar sect, uh, part two, but this was, this was the highlight. And, uh, and this, this ends with the seven freaks and, uh, Huang Yaoshi agreeing on the marriage and uh and you know they're they're now welcome at uh p 
Peach Blossom Island and uh, Huang Rong and Guo Jing, uh, you know, decide to go to the, the, the meeting of the beggars, which is coming because uh, she's the, the new leader of the uh, of the beggar sect. And, um, and I think um, this also shows a mellowing of Huang Yushi, too. Um, at, in the first film, I get this feeling that he's really strict and really um, hard and no one's ever going to be good enough for his daughter and pretty much evil. But as this film goes, he's doing things that aren't what you would have expected him to do. Like he marries that one couple, even though he forces them to get married, but they still wanted to be married anyway, but he marries the one couple and, you know, he's making amends for past mistakes and, you know, he does heal his son-in-law and, you know, he's just so happy to see his daughter. You, I kind of feel like he's mellowing out through the journey of this film. Well, he is in his, his old thing. And it's interesting to see where he goes in the next story, but like the, his whole thing is he's the heretic. So he's, he's like the guy who doesn't like the rules and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and so, uh, he's mellowing, but he's also, it's interesting to see where this takes him. Um, you know, because he, he, as much as he mellows, he never really seems to warm up a, a, enough to go a Jing to want to be around him all the time. Um, so, uh, but yeah, and there is that great scene where he's fighting the um, the mercenaries of the Jin Prince, and he rips off one of their arms because they won't walk. And he says, "You have to, if you want to leave, you got to walk under my legs." And they all, and the two remaining guys <laughs> crawl under him. He's he's just this ferocious, powerful master that you do not want to mess with. Um, but uh, but, but yeah. he didn't kill them because you would have expected him just to kill all three of them and. When they didn't move fast enough, you would have expected him to kill all three of them, but he gave them a shot. So, yeah, though he did rip one of their arms off. <laughs> he's a, he's a. I mean, I think he's he's tough but fair. I think we can right. Say. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you. Like you know, him not warming up to Guajing. It's just you know he, he's he's mellowed out as far as his feelings about his daughter is what it is. It's like he's willing. Okay, that's what you want. I respect you, and you know he's. He's he's giving her what she wants, but it doesn't mean he has to like this guy. It's just right. <laughs> well, and, and and again, this is a little spoilery, but I think what what it becomes clear in the in the next book is I think he just finds Guo Jing a very boring sort of person who is always t- doing things by the rules, and you know, yeah. and so when he meets Yang Kang's son in the second story, it's a very interesting sort of relationship. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so the the. The, this brings us to the gathering of beggars, which is very interesting, and also uh, this is where uh, where Lu Feng uh, gets to gets to make a, a big appearance uh, as one of the one of the beggar elders. Um, <laughs> but they they show up at a restaurant at the same time that Yang Kang is showing up in the same area, and Yang Kang connects with this el- this guy Elder Pang, who is a real sort of nasty piece of work, and uh, is a master hypnotist, and. Uh, and they and Yang Kang kind of plots with them when he sees uh, Huang Rong and Guo Jing. And uh, after they meet uh, uh, Beggar Lu, who's uh, Lu, Lu Feng's uh, character, they um, uh, the Elder Peng comes up to them and says, "Oh, you know, he mm-hmm. just poisoned your wine." And uh, and 
And he says, but never fear, I have the antidote. And he takes off this real sketchy powder and tries to get them to drink it. <laughs> and they, uh, oh, no. they are not having it. But then he does this look into my eyes no. business. Huang Rong is not having it. <laughs> right, because Guo is going to fall into that. Oh, <laughs> right. thanks for the antidote. Yeah, yeah that's true. He, he's still he's a little... Still yeah, he's pretty slow. Um, but but she but she she's not falling for it, but this guy hypnotizes them and puts them to sleep. And then they wake up bound at the beggar sect meeting and Yang Kong is there taking over the beggar sect and saying yeah. that, you know, he was the one who was selected as the next chief and that uh that that the that the that, that Hong Qigong was murdered by Huang Yaoshi and Guo Jing and Huang Rong are his accomplices and that they need to execute them. And and then things get further complicated when the head of uh, Iron Palm Sect shows up, uh, and uh, and 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 and, and uh, uh, you know eventually uh, Huang Rong is able to uh, you know after Guo Jing sort of has his revelation looking at the stars, uh, breaks free from his ropes and and fights everybody. Uh, Huang Rong is able to snatch the stick back and demonstrate that she knows the stick techniques, and and she becomes the the nineteenth uh, chief of the beggar sect. And Yang Kang sort of decides that it's his best interest to to sneak away with um, uh, the chief of Iron Palm sect. And there's a big battle between the uh, Iron Palm chief and Guo Jing, uh, and it ends with Iron Palm and Yang Kang leaving and you know the beggars cheering and then huang rong and guo jing sort of chasing after them to to find out if they know anything about the uh yufei manual so i, I probably left out some details but does that uh what do you guys think of the the final the final confrontation and the beggar meeting if yang kong had known that the in order for the beggars clan to accept him as their leader, that they had to spit on him. I bet he probably wouldn't have wanted that position. He looked really upset when that was, and he was dressed he in his sure finery. Did. He was like in his best clothing that like he clearly had spent time getting this outfit ready for this gathering. And, and they yeah. just start. And it's spitting. not just spit. It's beggar spit, yeah. you know, which exactly. is a whole, whole special quality of spit. And to me, that was just desserts for him. He got what he deserved in that part. Yeah, I was wondering if you know what is you know if he was like going to be so surprised this was happening, he was going to view it as them not accepting him, like if he was going to read it wrong or something. But he was he was he was like upset by it, but he didn't uh, didn't actually take it that way though. And uh, I love I love like just a, a, as Huang Rong is sort of establishing that she's the supposed to be the new chief now uh elder peng sort of up to his old tricks and he and he tries to do the look into my eyes bit again and uh but guo jing's able to reverse it and uh, or help her reverse it and he ends up going kind of crazy um but yeah i don't know this this ending was interesting this kind of you know what it reminds me of is star wars um i don't know why i feel like i felt feel like at the end of Empire Strikes Back, for some reason, uh, at this moment in the film series, um, and I I don't know what it is. I think it's because it sort of ends in a similar sort of like we know we kind of know where the story is going. Like you know what I mean? Like we know where they're yeah. heading, but they're not quite. They you know they need to sort of 
you know, everything's is, you know, you know, nobody really, uh, uh, well, somebody did lose an arm, but, but, but none of the, <laughs> none of the heroes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, you got, you got like, you know, not just Empire Strikes Back, you've also got the, you know, Star Wars itself in there, because it ends with them up on a platform in front of a crowd, you know, and. Yeah, it was a true. lot and, like that, wasn't it? it? Well, actually, Guajing's outfit, that's like first movie luke skywalker outfit there he's wearing pretty much exactly the same thing luke skywalker is wearing so i uh that's something i picked up on i'm like hey that's that's where they got luke's clothes from but uh, well i mean this movie not particularly this movie but the genre itself well, i i often hear people say did george lucas know about condor heroes because there's a lot of things in condor and i don't know but there's a lot of things that seem to make their way into star wars that also are in condor heroes um <laughs> And so, we did. We did. We did have someone kill someone under a table, which is another uh, Star Wars <laughs> moment too. So, and there's the "I'm your father," and in the yeah, you know, in the second story, the main character loses an arm. You know, and there's all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, but uh, you know, corrupt empire. Um, that but, too. Yeah. But uh, but I don't know. I don't. I mean. I, I don't know what the chances of George Lucas actually being able to encounter this story in the seventies were. Um, so, but yeah, so I don't know, uh, feelings on, on where the, where the movies are at this point on any of the characters that you liked or didn't like, uh, thoughts on the fight choreography. Uh, ultimately I'm more invested. Like I said, I, I liked the first one more when I was watching it. It took me a little while to get into this and I started really enjoying it, but I feel overall I'm more invested in the series as a whole than I was at the end of the last movie. It's like, I'm, I'm totally on board for the, uh, the third movie now. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about the series. Definitely. Yeah, I'm more invested in the story than actually the fight sequences, even though I think the fight sequences are really good. I love the palm against palm, the um, frog style that eventually comes up. Um, I like all the the fighting sequences. I think they're really good. But um, the story, for, for some reason, in this series of movies is the most important part. And it's very well written, and I'm enjoying it. I mean, I've seen them all already, and I will have Brave Archer weekends where I watch them back to back to back mm -hmm. because I like it. So, but yeah, this is one. This is one of my favorite trilogies, I guess. I mean, the story is remade so many times into series and movies, so I think there's something you know. There's a reason I think that it has, you know. It, it resonates. It's it's hard to it's hard to compress into three movies, but I think they do a good job. I guess there's four, but the fourth movie is really the the second story in the in the trilogy. Um, but uh, but I, I think I think this is a I don't know I, I I think it's a something about this movie just really works for me, and I don't know quite what it is. It, 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 you can definitely tell it's a Chang Chan movie, but it feels a little bit different somehow than some of his other films um and and it feels like he's uh i don't know like he he does a lot with to establish atmosphere with very few scene changes do you know what i mean like, mm -hmm. so and for me too it's the 
having the strong female character. I know I'm always talking about that, but for me, it's the strong female character, which you don't always find in a lot of his movies, especially during this time period. It's towards the latter part. You know, he, he did do the early, early movies with a couple of strong female leads, but you have an epic couple. It's not a, a brotherhood like no. yeah. all the Venom movies are. So, you know, just having the epic couple and all the things that they have to go through and they're the yin and the yang. They're perfect for each other. And she's strong. She's smart. And, you know, she, I think she's fair like her father, um, even through her uh, deceptions and everything. But she does it with a good, kind heart. There's a reason for why she's doing it. And so I think that also makes it better for me, too. Well, I think, too, not just her. Like, they're, like in terms of, like, Mei Chao Fung's a great character, too. Like, like they have oh, like, yes. really strong female characters in general. Um, but the thing I like about Huang Rong is she's she's not just a strong female character. She's a really good character, period. Yes. Like that's yeah. the thing that's the thing that really impresses me about her. Um and and and, and, and that carries over into the next series. You know, I, I think the you know, uh part of it is the writer, you know, he's very good at coming up with characters and the uh the protagonists are always so interesting. Um but the pairing of the two, the sort of the, the, the you know, the, the, they just really match well. And it's, it's a really well thought out sort of heroic couple. Um, and, and like you said, she's smart, she's strong, but like even sometimes some of the most impressive things about these characters isn't when they're the most physically powerful, but when they aren't and they're able to use their wits to, to get around a bigger threat, which she does all the time. That's sort of one of her her big strengths mm -hmm. um and so yeah i i i uh i i uh i definitely agree with you there um and uh and it's interesting you know i'd be curious to uh, you know if we if we uh uh if we get into the uh the, the return of condor hero stuff uh you know that's that's sort of similar um but uh but yeah so i don't know i'm i'm i think this is a uh, this is a really solid with the, by the end of this movie it's sort of like Adam was saying you're just very excited about what's coming down the road you feel like you've been part of a big thing and now you're, you can't wait for the, the finale um, yeah and I, I feel too like you know I said that it took me a little while to get into this movie but it's not a case with some movies it's because the beginning just isn't that great I feel like if I were to sit down and watch this again now I just enjoy it all the way through because it it was it was wasn't like it was a slow beginning or it was boring. It was just it was just too much for me to really take in yeah. early in the movie. And now that now that I've got the plot in my head, I think I just I just enjoy it straight through. Well, there's but, a lot of characters to to know, and it's the kind yeah. of movie they sort of make it <laughs> assuming people kind of maybe know the story. I think and know the characters. So it's like if you go and watch a movie based on some historical event or some religious thing where you're just kind of supposed to know, Hey, these eight people are really important. And, and so it can be very difficult your first time. Um, especially in this yeah. format, I feel like the best first encounter with the story is either a translation of the book or a television series where it's a little more stretched out. So like you get the seven freaks, but you, you're at least dealing with the seven freaks, uh, in, in like an episode and not at like, not 
the seven freaks plus this plus this plus this uh right. there's a lot to digest um but i feel what like adam's saying i think like once you digest it and then you go back it really it really works well um mm-hmm. and uh yeah and i mean if and if i if you know if i if, if, if I are familiar with the books, which a lot of people are, I wouldn't even have that first issue time, too. It's like, you know, if it was a story I already knew, I, I would be on board right away. Well, here's one thing I will say. Sometimes I find even if you're familiar with the story, because the subtitles have different <laughs> names true. for the characters or they change things, you, I, I've been equally as confused as if I... <laughs> as if I... <laughs> okay, well, I'll take that part back. But my, I stand by my other statements. But one thing I'm interested in knowing, because we're planning on doing a Return of Condor Heroes uh, viewing for the series, uh, how this is sort of shaping your expectations, knowing that this is the first part of the story. Oh, in a, in a great way. I mean, it's, you know, you going, hey, we're going to watch a really long series is always something that could be scary because if you hate it, it's a huge commitment. But it's like, I'm really, I really like these characters. I really like this story. And, you know, I like to, it's such a good story underlying it. I'm fine with the fact that it's going to be a different series with different actors and so on just because this is a good story. I've got confidence that, you know, we're going to get something good in this series assuming it's a good production so yeah i'm i i i've held you know you've given me the book to read and i, I i'm held, holding off on it because i'm enjoying these movies so much i want to i want to enjoy this first story as itself before i actually uh dip into the book and you know and, I'll, I'll, and we've still got a fair amount of babylon 5 to go so yeah. i'll have time to uh get started get ahead on the book before we actually get to the series one th- but yeah one thing I do with the book sometimes is because the series are pretty much like, I mean, if you have 40 or 50 episodes and these are 40 chapter books, they can kind of cover everything pretty evenly. Sometimes they have to yeah. even invent stuff to, to keep it going. But uh, I find that it's, it's really great to read chapters as you're watching episodes because it tends to stay in your brain a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of gives yeah. you motivation for, you know, it's like you, you kind of have like a motive to continue. Um, that's how I like to do it sometimes. Not not all the time, but if there's a series that I know is good and I'm reading the book, I'll do that. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I don't know. Any any additional thoughts? I like the cast that was assembled. I didn't mind the changing of the of Huang Rong character, switching um, the person who did it, uh, who portrayed her. I've, I thought it seemed... It flowed for me. I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't even notice. Mm. And then the second time I realized, oh, wait, these are two different people. Yeah, I think Kenny said he didn't notice either. And uh, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, they, they look different, but like they're, they kind, it's the same character. So, it, it, you know, there's, there were a couple of cast changes in that respect. And, uh, but hers was the one that I, I maybe found the most jarring the first time I watched it. Um, but I think, I think what's the actress's name now, now, is that, is that her name? The, the, in Archer two and three? Um, well, it's spelled differently in different places. Cause sometimes I've seen it spelled N I U instead okay. of N A U. So, okay. I, I, okay. So, um, whether now, now or new, new, new. um, 
she uh i thought she did a good job as huang rong so i think it works um so i did too yeah yeah because for for me i had seen um i had seen invincible shaolin first Mm -hmm. and in invincible shaolin she plays uh lu feng's love interest in that one and she kind of reminded me of uh huang rong she's got the same kind of sassiness Mm -hmm. that um huang rong does so i mean she plays that kind of character very well in both movies yeah it took me like i said i i mentioned it took me a little while to warm up to her but i i literally mean a little while it's like it was jarring at first and then i think i think the part where uh you know i mentioned earlier the part where uh you know she kind of hears about the plan to uh you know change the manual and stuff she kind of laughs which kind of but she was kind of laughing at that i'm like oh yeah this is wrong wrong this yeah, is, yeah okay i i was when i started to like accept her as being that character and i i i think probably by about you know but by, by the end of the movie i completely you know i wasn't even thinking about it at all so yeah i think she did a great job i think the most jarring change is when they get to brave archer and his mate and and Gua Jing is no longer played by Alexander Fusheng. I forget who plays Gua Jing in the uh, in the in that version. But Philip Kwok does. Oh, oh, does he? Okay, so yes. it's a really weird thing because he's already playing Gua Jing, and then he has to go and become the son of Yang Kong. In the is it's it's a weird change up. I get why they did it. I totally get why he's maybe more suitable as a Yang Gua than. Do you know what I'm saying? But but they changed to me. They changed Guo's character from being honest and um, not so smart to being too serious mm. and too too smart. You know what I mean? Okay. Like he went from being completely dumb to being almost able to match wits with his wife. Okay, yeah, that. So yeah, um, I, I need to see that one again. I haven't seen it in a little while, but we should do that at some point because that, uh, in fact, Adam, that might be even good for the Return of Condor Heroes series because they gloss over a lot of the earlier parts of the novel, and that uh-huh. movie actually, again, it's not my favorite by any stretch, but it does okay. get it does get some of the details of uh, Yangor's life on Peach Blossom Island down. But, um, okay, so so that 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 movie covers uh, Return of Condor Heroes it, in part. It covers the first part of Return of Condor Heroes. Okay. So there's a section of the uh, of the book where you get sort of uh, Yango as a kid on Peach Blossom Island up until he goes to Chuan's End sect where he becomes a disciple and then he meets Xiao Long Nu and it gets like right up to that point I think in the um, Brave Archer and his mate. Uh, and the series that we're watching just so happens to kind of gloss over all that part. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, most series usually get into it in more depth. But I think if I remember the 2006 one, it mainly deals with that stuff in flashbacks, I think. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, the cast stuff here, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's just an all-star cast and we're like, you know, it, it it's 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 i i guess it's something we probably should have brought up i mean there is there's philip kwok there's there's lu fung there's alexander fushung um uh li yi min is young i think he's a great young kong by the way uh he is uh, yeah he's, he is he's, he's very yeah he just he has has it down just his deviousness and I mean, but just, it bounces out his other roles in other movies too where he's 
he's more of the nicer character. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought he's really great as a bad guy. He's uh, yeah, he's yeah. very versatile, but he's really good as a bad guy. He just comes up with a guy who's not nearly as smart as he thinks he is, too. <laughs> I, I think he, he plays that really well. But yeah, this is you know just a, a it was a in a. Uh, Johnny Wang is the uh, as Young Fung I thought was great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I especially love the the chops on the <laughs> that really sort of rounded <laughs> up the character. I thought, um, but yeah, and Gu Fung is uh, is uh, is Hong Chi Gong. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we're going on an hour, so I'll I'll end it here, I guess, before we just keep meandering. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think this is solid. I definitely would recommend people watch it. I think it's handy to at least look up the story so people know some of the information because like, uh, like we were saying at the start of this, especially at the, the, that point from like the end of the first one, like maybe like 20 minutes into the second one, there's like a, there's a good deal of stuff that could maybe confuse you. Uh, and that narration at the start, I feel is very rapid. And I think if you didn't know yeah. the story, you're like, wait, they're on a boat now, and oh, wait, they're on a now they're on an island, and so yeah, I like this the way the way it also covers new territory in the thing. It was like I was like, wait, wait, this wasn't in the version of the movie I saw. You know, I, I actually I, I did look I look at the uh, you know because I've been watching them on Prime. I did go back to the other movie and I checked. There wasn't like you know. 15 minutes remaining or something yeah. and I somehow accidentally turned it off. <laughs> these, movies, these movies end very abruptly. I was like, maybe it's possible I somehow ended it early. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But that, that did rattle me. Yeah, so, so yeah, so we'll be, uh, uh, we'll be back on uh, next week with Brave Archer 3. Uh, and then I guess what's after that? Uh, Chinese Ghost Story is, is, is the next one? Yes. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, you guys will like it because I, I I've been I've wanting to watch it. that for years. So I, I'm very excited. I've been hearing. I've seen about a Chinese ghost story. Oh, you, so okay. Then. All right. Okay. So, uh, well, I won't ask you what you thought about it now. I'll wait till we uh, till the next till <laughs> save the it. To it. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So we'll be doing that, and then um, uh, and then we should have some. Uh, you know some other movies lined up for the next month i know we're doing much better job of organizing our 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 viewings and so um (laughs) so all right so we will let you go and uh you know uh again you know feel free to go on prime if you have it and watch these movies before we do the the discussions it can you know give you sort of an idea of what we're talking about but uh the movie is the brave archer series this is the second film uh there's three films then there's a sort of you know uh, additional uh, brave archer and his mate and uh you can watch these on prime right now um i do recommend if you like them getting them on dvd because the dvds do i think they have good features for this series um the uh, a lot of times I won't recommend it, but in this case, I think that the commentary is particularly good, and the commentary talks about the story. So, if uh, so, even if you haven't read it, if you watch the commentary, you can get the some of the some of the information about the story. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll be back on, and we will talk to you.